0: This episode is sponsored by JDAQA Software Testing, your scalable solution for manual, automated, security, and performance testing. Check us out at jdaqa.com. And with that, let's get on with the show.
1: This is the first customer hosted by Jay Agner.
0: everyone, welcome to the First Customer Podcast. Today I have a, I say special guest a lot, but today I really mean special guest. Federico okay. Talido, founder and director of Abstracta, co-founder and director of Abstracta. Hello, my friend, how are you?
1: Hello, Jay, I'm really, really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. How uh, are you it's doing? Been a
0: long, it's, I'm great, I'm great. It's been a long time coming. I could not be more excited. I don't get the opportunity to, talk to that many QA agency owners, let alone have them on the show. So I'm going to get right into it. So give me a little bit of the background. Where are you from and did that have an impact on you being an entrepreneur down the line?
1: Huh, that's an interesting question. I'm, I'm from Uruguay in South America. Uruguay, I think it's the, the way you pronounce it in English. And yeah, I grew up in the countryside, in close to a small town, close to the capital. It's a very small country. And half of the population lives in the capital. We are talking about 3 million people in the whole country. Hmm. So just to have an idea of the size of the company, we typically say that we know each other, (laughs) or at least we have a friend in common, right? And yes, of course that had an impact on everything I am. I, I think I had the chance to study in the university because the university here is free for everyone. So. Otherwise, I couldn't have that opportunity, you know, because I, I grew up in a very humble family. So, being here, growing up here in Uruguay, I think had a great impact because of that. So, I could study and get my degree in computer science. After I finished my degree, I applied for a scholarship that allowed me to spend a few years in Spain where I did a PhD on particularly on testing, I studied and researched about model-driven testing techniques, and I also had a chance to work with some colleagues and some friends uh, from the university, and we decided to start working on a product for test automation for a particular low-code platform. I'm talking about 15 years ago. So we decided to start implementing a particular tool. We Showed that prototype to the people in the company we were working at that time. And they didn't want to invest money or time and resources on that idea. So we decided to start our own company, working on weekends and free time, you know, until we had a really working prototype. And We mm-hmm. got some money from uh, an agency here that helps entrepreneurs. So here you have another point where growing up and, and living in Uruguay was an important part of this entrepreneurial journey, right? Because mm-hmm. this agency gave us some initial seed money that allowed us to you know, uh, quit our jobs and dedicating ourselves to that, product, that, to that product. But this was the origin of Abstracta focusing mm-hmm. on developing a testing product. But after a few years, we pivoted to offering software testing services. The product, it was not very successful economically. We are still working on it, but it's not what, it doesn't represent the majority of what we do in the company now. Today, we are a a team of 150 people, more or less. And ninety percent of the business is around professional services, around mm-hmm. software testing, automation, accessibility, performance, security, different things around quality. But we also research and develop different products or contribute to open source. But this is a very long answer to your original question. It's okay. But I think sorry, it, you're covering uh, a bunch want- of questions at once. It's good, <laughs> but it tells a, a, a little bit about my background. And about uh, being here in, in Uruguay. And another thing that I think it, it it's more recent but important in my background, I spent uh, three years in California, uh, in Berkeley. I just came back last year from an amazing experience living there. I really had a great time, and now I'm very uh, grateful to to be again in my home country.
0: That's beautiful. Wow, there's so much I want to talk to talk about there, but. Well, first of all, I've never known a doctor of QA, so you should—that should be your name. You should be the doctor of QA. That should be your title. You don't need to be chief quality officer. You should be doctor of QA, doctor, man. Come on, we should—is that domain available? You should register it right now. If it's not, (laughs) that's fantastic. I did not know that. You bring up an interesting point. I feel like so many testing, automated testing frameworks or or platforms have a really tough time. And I think it's because people don't really know what they're for or like who like you would sell them to a QA manager, right. Or a QA engineer who really uses them and understands kind of the the benefit of them, maybe a CTO, you know, maybe somebody in, in that suite, but did you guys find that like, it was really hard to figure out who to sell it to consistently. And that's maybe why economically it wasn't where it needed to be. It just feels like in general automation, it's hard to land that that perfect customer that understands the benefit of having an automation platform.
1: Yeah, I see what you see, what you say, but again, it was fifteen years ago. We started with this idea. I think we were too early in the development of the testing culture and quality culture mm-hmm. in the industry, right? Because fifteen years ago, we were talking about test automation, model-driven testing. Because our product was kind of a local, and now you call it local or scriptless. There are many names for that now. Right. But 15 years ago, was a crazy idea. We got in love, we fall in, in love with the solution, but in the industry, people didn't see the problem as we saw it. So we had to evangelize more about software testing as a you know, to establish that base. And after that, continue talking about test automation and after that talking about our solution. Mm -hmm. Today, the the industry, I I see that the industry evolved to a point where test automation is more uh, like a common practice. So it's easier to sell the idea because now everyone understands what it is. But 15 years ago, we had to explain uh, and do the
0: education piece. You had to do the education piece and try to sell a product. That's tough, man. That's tough to to do on any sort of budget, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. But on the other hand, something really good that happened because of that, it was that we positioned the company with with certain expertise in the Mm -hmm. quality field, right? We were researching, we were developing products, we were ahead of the many other people in the industry. So that position, that idea helped us to build a brand that now it's helping us to find talent, people to work with us in this idea. And also, of course, opportunities to work with different customers around the globe.
0: Again, so many things I want to talk about. Switching gears slightly, how have you, as an entrepreneur, as a business you know, co-founder, how have you said the word brand? And I think that's interesting. How has your personal brand, how have you tried to grow that while kind of trying to grow your business brand? And where do those things kind of intersect?
1: Yeah. You know, you, you're talking about how did I. If I wanted to do that, it's not something that I planned to work on my brand, my personal brand. What I really wanted to do since the beginning of the company was to share what we were learning. And that was a a genuine spirit. You know, we were learning about software testing. I'm talking about a small country with a small industry around the tech industry that is growing a lot. And it's. Big for the size of the country, right? But in Latin America, we didn't have so much content, quality content in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So I had the privilege to understand, to have the possibility to follow the main thought leaders and contributors to the community and read the content because I could read English. One of the things to do is to take this Mm -hmm. content, those learnings, and translate to Spanish with my interpretation, with my addition, right? Mm -hmm. That was something that nobody else was doing at that that time. So I I think part of the brand I could build around myself or my personal brand was because I I was doing that a lot, like enabling knowledge to people in Latin America in Spanish. Mm -hmm and helping them to also grow in the area, right? I started with a blog because 15 years ago, that was (laughs) the common thing to do. Now it's more like podcasting or sharing content in YouTube, but 15 years ago was mainly in a blog. And with the content I generated in the blog, I decided to put everything together and add some other content and generated a book that I edited myself. And you can download from my site for free. And it turned out that it was the first book about software testing in Spanish. Wow! So and now uh, something that is it really is really beautiful for you know uh, many people thanking me because I from different universities in Latin America or people working in the industry telling me. Hey, I could break into technology because I read your book or I read your content. I could learn about software testing. I saw a, a path, a career path in, in in this space, so I decided to jump and uh, and start working on that. And this is very, very comforting, you know. You're the Latin uh,
0: American QA doctor. What a <laughs> wow! I mean, what a, a great kind of accidental you know, just almost purely altruistic thing it turned into, right? It's like nice that you could, it's like you're giving back, but you're building your personal brand, you're sharing knowledge about QA, you're doing all these things. So that's like such a beautiful kind of tie together.
1: And and you know, now that I mentioned the different things, I am thinking that because I received my education for free in this country, for me, it's natural to decide to provide what I learned for free for others, because I right. know this is the way we can help each other to grow and, and get to better possibilities and opportunities, right?
0: I love that. You did, you keyed on something early on that I would love to get your opinion on. How has the relationship changed between developers and QA during your career? I have my own opinions, but I want to hear yours.
1: So, the question is how
0: how did the relationship between developers who were writing the code and the q a people who are reporting problems with that code change during the course of your career?
1: yeah, I remember at the beginning it was like it's also associated with the waterfall, the silos <laughs> and something yeah. that agile methodologies was it's been trying to change right and and generate more integration well we offer our services something that we typically say is that we want our testers to be as integrated with your team mm-hmm. as you allow us to do to be right? because years ago the typical scenario was give me your product and i will give you a list of issues right And after you fix those issues, I will do a retest or something like that. So we didn't have much collaboration or communication with them. It was through reports or things like that. And now we are in the same virtual room working and communicating every day. And so the change, I think, is towards that direction of intense collaboration. Maybe even some overlapping because there are more developers doing or collaborating with a specific quality or testing tasks that in the past, it wasn't something very common to see. What's your view? I
0: agree a thousand percent. I mean, it used to be, and I, I never really put it in that context of waterfall versus agile. I think that's a great note there yeah, it was always, it was very much us versus them, right? It's And they would almost, developers would get angry when you would find something. They would be annoyed. And now it's a perspective shift where before they would be very defensive and very protective of the things that they built and say, no, it's not about, you know, it's fine. It works on my machine is the old, you know, the old cliche term, right? But I think as we evolved software development over the last decade or two, it's, they're more worried about putting out bad code and having people see bad stuff that hasn't gone through QA, right? If it gets to the stakeholders and there's problems with it, that's a problem today. And before, maybe, like you said, maybe they could hide behind the process of waterfall and they go, well, we did what we were supposed to do and we, you know, it just didn't get tested properly or deployed properly or, you know, the requirements are wrong or whatever now in this i like the word the phrase their intense collaboration i feel like it certainly has become more of a team and we're the same way jdaqa we do the same thing like we we want to be integrated we want to be as high up in the chain as we can we want to be involved in you know requ- requirement creation right like come to us and talk to us about the things that broke last time and we'll tell you hey maybe we should try to do something a little bit different maybe write the requirements in a way that the development team and the QA team can help qualify this thing better. Right? So I think we kind of feel similar about the positive shift there. So I want to talk about your conference real quick, but first I want to talk about, and we're going to keep this tight today. So maybe this will be our last one. How do you use conferences as lead generation tools? And is it just networking? Are you actively? getting companies names and doing sorts of what are you doing at a conference or your team at at this point what are you guys doing at conferences to try to land new business
1: again at the beginning conferences was another place to share learnings to share or to show what we were working on or to evangelize about software testing and test automation and and all of that but if i see what what happened in the past in the different conference, it helped me a lot to, be, to build a, a network. I wouldn't say to generate leads. Of course, there is a component that is like a marketing or sales activity related to that. But it's also about generating a network, meeting people, establishing connections, but uh, true human connections, right? And this is why something that I don't like that much of the the virtual conferences i think it has the possibility to participate in a conference in any wo- in any part of the world right so we can share perspectives from different people and this is amazing but something that was missing a lot was like a meeting face to face shake mm-hmm. hands and establishing like or the different talks that you ha- can have with the speakers or with attendees while having a coffee and right. this is the part I, I value the most about conferences. But of course, after you meet people, some people know what you are doing. You know what they are doing. So you can cross-reference each other for some other opportunity. You know, apply for that person. Right. And they do the same for you. So this is probably the, the most beneficial part, thinking of the the, from the sales perspective into two conferences. It also contributes to what you mentioned before about building your brand or the brand mm-hmm. of your company because you, people can see that you are working on a specific topic, right?
0: Right. All right, well, i want to give you a second to talk about your conference. Before we do that, I'll be very upset myself if I don't ask this. Who was the first customer for Abstracta?
1: As I told you before, we started working with a particular, our test automation platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, that tool is the test automation a tool for GeneXus. GeneXus is a local solution for development, mm-hmm. right? It was built in Uruguay, but they have clients all over the world. In 2009, I visited a friend in New York City. It was my first time in, in the States. And after a month around the area, I flew to Chicago for the Genexus event. I mm. gave my first talk in English. It was not very good. <laughs> my English was much worse. Is that recorded worse.
0: somewhere? Is that on YouTube somewhere? I would like to find. I hope. That. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs>
1: but you know, when I gave that talk, I showed the the product, and I met some people. Who were interested in the product, so they ended up being the first customers it was Genexus USA was the name of the company mm-hmm. and they started, they were one of the first companies using the product there in the states so our first co- uh, client was from America from the states beautiful and mm-hmm. the funny part of that story is that I didn't tell my partners in the company until I Came back to Uruguay, so I spent one week with that information without sharing that with them because I wanted to see their faces. Oh, that's I incredible.
0: Wanted- yes, yeah. I love that. You got to hold that. Sometimes I do the same thing. Sometimes I won't tell my wife that I have a surprise for her because <laughs> I just want this. I want her face. I want to see the surprise. I like that doing that better. Getting the surprise when you're there. That's beautiful. All right. Tell me, where can we find information about your conference? Where can people find information about Abstracta? And where can they reach out to you directly if they absolutely love you like i do where can they find those three
1: things sure thank you for that another thing we share is that we i I also have a podcast i focus on quality the name of the post the podcast is quality sense podcast and because of the podcast name we ended up calling our conference quality sense conference last year we had the first edition here in uruguay our idea is to have a different edition in different countries this year is happening in chile in santiago de chile in the capital it's going to be in november there's going to be one day fully virtual and one day fully in person the talks are going to be recorded and published in our youtube channel but as i mentioned before i really value both things the virtual conferences and the in-person conferences. This is why we are having the two options. And we already confirmed people from Europe, from the United States, from different countries here in Latin America. So it's going to be an amazing conference. If you don't speak Spanish, don't worry. There's going to be more people speaking only English. The talks are going to be translated. So you can enjoy the conference as a whole. You can find more information in qualitysenseconf.com and you can find me in LinkedIn mainly where I'm typically more active. I love to talk if you are interested in participating or learning more about the the conference or anything related to testing because I really enjoy (laughs) uh, talking about testing and and the experience. really happy to be here having this conversation with you, Jay. And I hope we can do this again in the future. Yes.
0: I have a whole like 45, you know, minutes or an hour of questions that we got to get through some other date, but I didn't know you were the doctor of QA. So that's, what I'm going to call you from now on. I hope you're okay with that. Everybody, please check out Abstracta. check out the quality sense podcast and conference. Federico is a great guy. Great QA engineer, runs a great business, and I feel very fortunate to have him on today. So thank you for joining me, and uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, buddy? Thank you so much. See you, man.